She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Episode 19. The Calm. In this episode, when survivors are found from a missing naval ship looking like they've aged 50 years in the span of a few hours, Mulder pulls out similar X-Files and thinks he's found some kind of time warp in the northern Norwegian sea. Mulder and Scully find the missing naval ship, but then get stranded aboard. And whatever made those sailors rapidly age is starting to do the same to them. Uh-oh, so much for all those posts about baby Scully and baby Mulder. Yeah, they're they're not going to look so baby in this episode. So baby-faced. Nope. So this episode's story was written by Howard Gordon, and the teleplay is by Howard Gordon and Alex Gonza. And it was directed by Rob Bowman. It was filmed in Vancouver, per usual, and also on the decommissioned Her Majesty's Canadian ship, Mackenzie, which was docked in Burnaby, British Columbia. Its original air date was Friday, March 10th, 1995. And on March 3rd, 1995, they aired a repeat of Ice. And this episode had a viewership of 17.1 million in the United States, which is up 0.6 million from last week. So 600,000. Nice. So we open the episode on the Norwegian Sea, 65 degrees latitude, 8 degrees east longitude. And we see a lifeboat drop into the sea, and we see men climbing down it from a larger boat. It's foggy, and it's hard to see the bigger ship. But on the ship, Captain Barkley yells, this is mutiny. And Lieutenant Harper says, no, sir, it's survival. And then Barkley yells at him, they'll come for us. And Harper argues that by the time they get there, it'll be too late. Harper turns to leave, and Barkley pulls out a gun. And Harper tells him that he can shoot him, but he's not going to wait around so he can end up like the others. Barkley watches him disembark with his gun still raised, but he doesn't fire. And then we cut to 18 hours later, and it's nighttime, and we're on a fishing vessel, and two men are playing cards when their radio starts beeping. They see a ship that looks like it's just resting in place, and they're heading straight for it. So the captain radios to their ship and identifies his ship as the Lizette, and he asks it to identify. And then after two attempts with no response, he tells the other man to cut the engines and meet him up on the deck. So using a spotlight, the fishing boat captain spots the lifeboat drifting in the water and they throw them a line and then they start pulling them in. And there's more than just the two dudes on the crew, but those are the two dudes we saw. Cause then we see people pulling the line. It's like four people, I think. And then when the lifeboat gets up close, the captain starts to ask everyone's all right. And he shines a light on him, but all the people on the lifeboat are now old and wrinkled and kind of sickly looking to be honest and wrapped in blankets. And we realize it's the same men who left the other ship but now they're old whoa and then we get the theme song yeah yeah so i'm just gonna say it now because it doesn't get better the old person makeup in this episode is awful it's so bad and like i'm not a makeup expert at all i've done theater makeup i've worn theater makeup i've had a lot of theater makeup on my face that looks worse but like from this you know from the audience on a stage it looked fine when you're doing it for tv a little different and i've seen all of like the face-off makeup show like i know you can do better old person makeup than this this is very puffy and very just weird looking it's rubbery it's yeah it is rubbery it's it's on (laughs) I will be honest, if we weren't doing this show, 
I probably would have stopped watching it after the teaser. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be good. I'm not going to enjoy watching this. It's going to be awful. <laughs> even, even if the story was fantastic, I would just pass because the makeup was going to cut me out. So yeah. it is super bad. I could probably complain the entire episode about how bad it is. I'm not going to. No, me neither. I'm just getting it out yeah. of the way now. I'm just going to say yeah. it doesn't get better. And no matter who it's on, it looks pretty abysmal. So yeah. I do have a couple of makeup comments in the episode, but they're not about how bad it looks. They're just about some other stuff. Cool. So, yeah. So yeah. just but just know the makeup on the old, is the really old person bad. makeup is not good. And no. we'll talk about it at the end, too, because Frank's bought it. It's even has a comment about it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whatever, buddy. Yeah. Not yeah, good, you know it. That. You know yep, it's not you good. Can, you can explain it however you want, but it's still bad. Just it's not good. Yeah. And then also I do wonder because when he when the captain of the fishing vessel identifies himself, he says they're a Canadian fishing vessel. And I'm like, what are you doing in the Norwegian Sea? They're spies. I mean, are they like poaching? <laughs> like I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they might be. I have no idea. I mean, I guess maybe there's a trade agreement, but that like it's a it's not a big boat. I think you would have a bigger boat if you were like going from Canada to like, you know, Norwegian Sea. Yeah. So So then we're at the Bethesda Naval Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland, and Scully gets out of an elevator on the third floor and Mulder is waiting for her and he thanks her for coming. And she asked what was so urgent that he couldn't tell her over the phone. And he's like, I didn't want to waste any time. A Navy destroyer, the USS Ardent, has been missing for the past 42 hours. There's been no radio contact, no signals, and search planes aren't finding anything. And Scully's just like, the ship and the entire crew vanished? And Mulder's like, that's what it looked like until last night. A fishing trawler picked up 18 survivors. Only one of them is still alive, and he's been taken to the ICU under heavy security. And Scully's like, what's wrong with him? And Mulder's like, well, I'm hoping you can tell me. So they go through some doors into a hallway and we see there's a soldier pacing in front of a door. They won't let Mulder in, but because of Scully's medical background, he was able to get her clearance. So he hands her a badge. He tells her the survivor's name is Lieutenant Richard Harper. Scully starts to protest, but Mulder tells her to meet him back at his office when he's finished and thanks her. Yep, so Mulder just takes off. Yeah, he hands her the badge and he's like, good luck. See you later. So inside the ICU room, Scully asks a nurse if the man in the bed is Lieutenant Richard Harper and is told that that's what his wristband says. And Scully's confused. She looks at his chart and she asks if he's been positively identified and is told that all military personnel are fingerprinted. So yes, he has. And she's like, there has to be some kind of mistake. Harper is 28 years old. And we see in the bed, the patient clearly does not look 28 years old. And then she asks why a systemic workup hasn't been done on the patient. And behind her, a doctor, Dr. Lasko, comes up and is like, I wasn't aware my diagnostic decisions required your approval. And she's the physician in charge. And she asks to see Scully's clearance. So Lasko looks at her badge and she says that Scully's clearance code is actually invalid. And then she asks Scully where she got it and who she is. And Scully says she's a medical doctor and she wants to see the autopsy report on the remaining victims. But Lasko isn't having it. She wants Harper's chart back and then threatens to have Scully removed if she doesn't leave. So Scully kind of reluctantly hands over the chart and goes. So, like, I'm totally thinking that Mulder gave her some, like, doctored credentials. Like, they're totally fake. And he just, like, handed them to her and ran. I totally think that's what happened. He probably got them from Langley or something. Like, those EBE credentials they got that were not great either. Yeah. I just think it's funny that instead of being, like, level with her and being like, 
look, these aren't real credentials. Get in there and get info. He just like totally lies to her. He's like, yep, I got you clearance. Here you go. She goes in and it's like, no. Although to be fair, when he says, I got you clearance, I'm like, oh, he got those from like the lone gunman. Like I just knew that I knew he got them from somewhere else. He didn't like go through the procedures and say like, oh, well, my partner's a doctor. Well, you let her and they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. So. Ah, Mulder, 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 Mulder. Oh, well. And, you know, Scully probably knows, too, to be honest. Like, she probably, Although she does look genuinely surprised that her yeah, credentials are But she also right. doesn't bring it up later that the credentials were bad. So she probably realized it, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she knows. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say Dr. Alasco is played by Claire Riley, and she's been in a lot of things. But looking at her IMDb, she's typically cast as either a reporter or a doctor. And she is in the movies Catch Me If You Can, The Core, and The Sixth Day. And she also appeared on an episode of Psych. Was she a reporter or a doctor? I think she was a doctor on Psych. So she's only in one episode. But Psych is one of those weekly procedurals where, you know, like the X-Files, they just need a bunch of people to show up for one episode and be somebody. Hmm. So back at the X-Files office, Mulder has files open on his desk, including photos of ships. And Scully comes in and says that something strange is going on. He asked if they let her in to see Harper. And she's like, I saw someone. But he looked about 90 years old and she knows Mulder doesn't seem too surprised about her saying that. So he walks her over to a map and shows her the route of the Ardent when it disappeared. And he's been charting the routes of ships from a handful of X-Files. One he mentions and on December 12th, 1949, a Royal Navy battleship disappeared in the same area. A fleet of ships during the height of the Cold War heading from the USSR to Cuba also vanished. He's counted nine disappearances of ships that all traveled to a particular spot at the 65th parallel. So Scully is like, is it another Bermuda Triangle? And Mulder says, it's more like a wrinkle in time if Harper is any indication. And Scully's kind of like, what? And so Mulder asks if Scully knows anything about the Philadelphia experiment. And Scully knows that it was an experimental program during World War II that attempted to make battleships invisible to radar. But then when the Manhattan Project took priority, most of the scientists were rerouted to Los Alamos. And Mulder says that none of those scientists made it to Los Alamos they were sent to Roswell, New Mexico. And Scully asks if he's suggesting the Philadelphia experiment used alien technology. And Tori notes that, yes, Scully, what else does he mean? He <laughs> what else does he ever mean? I mean, come on. <laughs> and so Mulder says that less than nine months after the crash of a UFO at Roswell, the USS Eldridge disappeared from a naval yard in Philadelphia and reappeared 100 miles away only minutes later in Norfolk, Virginia. So Scully says, that's impossible without breaking the rules of space and time. And he's like, not time. He thinks that they were trying to manipulate wormholes on Earth. And Mulder doesn't think they've ever stopped that work. And that's what happened to the Ardent. This scene is ridiculous for many reasons. I mean, I think it's fun, but I get what you mean. (laughs) Well, for one, the Philadelphia experiment, actually, if it, you know, allegedly, that was in 1943, four years before Roswell, which was in 1947. Right. And then like Scully saying the men were rerouted during World War II to work on the Manhattan Project. And Mulder's like, well, they never made it. They ended up going to Roswell. But Mulder should know that Roswell was in 1947, which is after World War II. And even avoiding all that, it's like they were rerouted to go to the Manhattan Project. They never went to the Manhattan Project. They went to Roswell. But then nine months later, they were back at Philadelphia and doing the experiments, even avoiding the dates, like just the timeline doesn't work because if they were yeah. taken off the project, 
and then sent to Roswell, but then the project happened nine months later. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's I mean, it's just, they're just bringing it in to say, look at this weird thing. And, you know, they don't really, it, it's not based in reality. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you try to shoehorn stuff into an episode. So yeah. it doesn't fit. Because if it did, you wouldn't have to shoehorn it in. So then Mulder tells her that he's heading to Norway and he puts on his coat. And Scully asks if Skinner knows, and Mulder says he's given himself a 24-hour head start before he gives Skinner his report. So I guess he's got someone who's going to give it to Skinner, I guess? I don't yeah, know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, but he mailed it to Skinner. Maybe. So the office is going to deliver he'll, it. He'll get it tomorrow but or something. He wants this one for himself. And so then Scully looks at the map, and she says, I'm going with you. If that was Harper in the bed, I want to know what happened to him. And so once again, Mulder is forcing Scully to follow his crazy plans. So, yeah. I'm not going to let that go, ever. I don't even remember what that is. From when they had their big argument in, is it Colony or Endgame? And she's oh. like, you always expect me to follow you on these crazy ideas. And I'm like, um, actually, you just always go along with them. He doesn't force you to go. He actually tells you to stay behind. You're like, no. So. Well, I mean, have you ever had a fight with someone and said something that wasn't true, but you just say it because you're just. Yeah, but then the other person never lets it go. It's true. And that's what I'm going to do. Never let it go. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> never, never forget that Scully said something dumb during a fight. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. That's how relationships work. <laughs> Mulder doesn't seem too bothered by it. So I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> well, they probably, the writers probably don't even remember she ever said it. So probably not. Goes. So I'm going to butcher this name, but they're at the port of Tildeskan, Norway. And they're in this pub that caters to sailors and Mulder and Scully have a map out and there's a man standing there and they're kind of like showing him where they want to go. And this man is apparently not willing to sail them to that point. And so he gets up and leaves and Mulder's like, oh, for five. So apparently they've been asking everybody in this bar and the men are kind of watching them and look a little nervous and maybe some scared. They're probably just honestly wondering what these two like American people are doing, trying to get someone to sail them to a weird point in the ocean. But Scully asks what has them so afraid. And a man sitting at a table nearby puts down his book and says, they couldn't have taken you up there anyway. A ship has to be classified ice class before it can go past the Lofolken Basin. I probably butchered that too, Lofolken Basin. And this man is Henry Trondheim. And the ship they want is his. It's the Zahar. It's a 50-ton trawler with a double hull. So I guess it's ice class. And Scully's like, oh, you're American. And he says he grew up in Pensacola and had a charter business there until he got fed up with tourists. And he did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Because totally getting the uh, Star Wars Cantina vibe going on in this scene. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And Mulder's like, well, how do you feel about the sea north of Berenberg? And Trondheim says, this time of year, it's a 10-hour trip both ways. And Mulder's like... Oh, you've been there? And Trondheim's like, yeah, a few times. I've gotten some of my best hauls up there. And Scully's like, well, then why are the others so scared to go up there? And Trondheim explains that there are legends of something that came out of the sky and crashed into the pack ice. And it's an evil god that they worship, but they stay away. And Trondheim then asks what they're even looking for up there. And Mulder kind of gives a vague response. And then he asks how good he is. And Trondheim's like, well, I'm as good as you're going to get because I'm the only one willing to take you up there. So then Mulder's like, all right, when can we leave? Because that's good enough for him. Mm -hmm. So on board the ship, Mulder is feeling seasick. 
And he tells Scully that she's lucky she inherited her father's legs. And she's like, what? And he's like, your sea legs. So because Mulder is not apparently a ship dude. Mm-mm, neither so am I. So I'm with Mulder. Like I get seasick really easily. Wow. You're on team Mulder instead of team Scully. Once in a while. Once in a while, I relate to Mulder on a very deep level. And getting seasick on the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Going to put a check mark in this one. Okay. <laughs> and then he says, hey, it's been 12 hours. You said it would take 10 hours. What's going on? And Trondheim says the fog is thick, which is slowing them down. And Trondheim's actually never seen it so thick. But it turns out they're right where Mulder says they're supposed to be. But then he notices like his radar and his navigation systems are not behaving well. So while he's studying the instruments, his crewman, Halverson, is looking through binoculars. And the fog clears just in time to reveal they're heading for a giant ship. And he's like, ah! And so Trondheim's unable to stop. And they, boom, hit the ship. and then. Trondheim tells Halberson to check for hole damage. Like they bump it and then they kind of like, you know, they kind action, of reaction. They kind of like yeah. fade. Yeah, they start they start drifting behind it because he, he's cut the engine so they're not moving forward anymore. So. Right. And Halverson is played by Mar Andersons, who will actually appear in another X-Files episode, episode DPO in season three. He also appeared on an episode of Forever Night, my favorite ridiculous vampire show. And he was on Supernatural and Stargate SG-1 as well. Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural, Forever Night, and X-Files. That feels like some kind of trifecta somehow. I know. It's almost like there should be a, some people doing a bunch of podcasts about those. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so they board the ship, and Trondheim is confused that this is what Mulder was looking for. And Mulder's like, well, this is the USS Arden. And Trondheim's like, it's a ghost ship. It looks like no one's been on board for 20 or 30 years. Because it's all like corroded and stuff. And then Mulder finds a plaque on the ship that reads USS Ardent 1991. And he tells Scully that they should check the crew quarters first. And then, uh, groan, eye roll. They walk away and like the plaque starts to deteriorate like digitally. And it's just like, you guys didn't have to put that in. Yeah. I mean, I know they're trying to show how fast things are falling apart, but it's a little, it's a little much, a little much. So they've got flashlights and Scully and Mulder head into the crew quarters and Scully spots a corpse and then she spots another one and another one. And there are corpses on all the bunks and they look like they've been dead for a long time. And Scully notes it's a strange residue in all of them too. And they're, cause they're kind of crusty looking like yeah. not this crusty, like old and dried up, but like there's like, like they're salty or something. Yeah. And so then she tries to get a sample from one of the hands and it, as she touches it, it breaks off. Quook. And then they hear engine noise. So they all run to the deck and they see Trondheim's ship just backing away, leaving. And Trondheim shouts at whoever's still in the ship, but the ship just vanishes into the fog. Ooh, and then it's not, commercial. That is not good. That is not good. They are stranded on a ghost ship full of dead people. Weird mummy corpses. Yeah, it's not, it's not yep. good. So in the engine room of the Ardent, Mulder's trying to fix the radio and like, so he keeps messing with it and he has Scully turn it on, try to start it and she can't get it started. And it's coated in the same weird residue as everything else. So they can't send a distress signal because the radio is not working. And Trondheim is looking at some part of the engine and he basically says everything's so corroded you can't even tell what it is. He's never seen anything like it. They're basically dead in the water. And Scully's like, yep, radio is dead too. So Trondheim thinks they're holding back something. His ship was his life, and he deserves answers. So Mulder says that what they're seeing might be the result of some kind of military experiment. An artificial time bend where matter moves through time at an accelerated rate. 
And Trondheim thinks that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but Mulder's like, well, this ship was launched in 1991. How do you explain the corrosion or decay of the bodies? Like, if that's not happening. And then there's a noise and like someone screams or makes like a yelp of like the kind of sound you make if you're like injured or hit or something. So they all rush below deck. Ah! Yeah, kind of like that. It's not like a scream, but it's yeah, it's that. And so they all rush if below deck. If you used the Wilhelm scream, that would have been good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they all rush below deck to see what's happened. And they find Halverson on the ground with blood on his head. And Scully notes that his skull looks like it's been fractured. And Trondheim kneels with Halverson while Scully and Mulder chase after another noise. So in the kitchen, Mulder notices the door to the fridge. And he opens it. And inside is an old man clutching a bottle of Jim Dandy whiskey, which I think is, you know, it's meant to look like Jack Daniels. And Mulder asks who he is, and he says he's Captain Barclay. <gasps> but this man but looks old. Yeah, he looks old, and the Barclay we saw was, you know, early 30s, probably. What? Ooh, weird. That's weird. So in another room, Mulder hands Barclay a glass of water, which he shakily drinks. And honestly, the water doesn't look good. It's kind of cloudy. But anyway. I'm not sure I would drink it, but I guess if you're thirsty. And Scully asks him about his log. According to it, after the navigation system failed, several of his crew members spotted a glowing light in the sea. And so old man Barkley says it came up at the bow in the middle of the night. And he thought it was on fire. And then they lost power and everything stopped and the ship's hull began to bleed. <sighs> and then Trondheim angrily says that Barkley is a drunkard and he killed Halverson. And he storms off. And Barkley says it happened to some of his men and then to all of them. And Scully says, what happened? And he says, time got lost. And then Barkley starts wheezing because he's an old man. And Scully tells him to take it easy. They're going to do whatever they can to help him. And Barkley's like, you can't do anything. I'm 35 years old. Yeesh. Yeah. Yep, so Mulder's like, oh, Scully, come on, we got to talk. So they go over to the corner. They do that thing where they talk privately, but it's still an earshot of the person they're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> They do it all the time. I mean, maybe so, because he's old, he can't hear. Maybe that's what Eh? Eh? What'd you say, Sonny? Eh? Yeah. So he doesn't think Barkley killed Halverson. And Scully's like, yeah, no way. He'd have to have some strength to do that. And Barkley can barely hold a water glass. So that means there's someone else on the ship. Oh, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Maybe it's a dead person walking around. Zombie. Ocean Ooh. zombie. Ocean yep. zombie. Ocean zombies. So Trondheim gives a short eulogy, and then Halverson's body is wrapped up in a blanket, and he, like, sends it overboard. And he's kind of standing there trailing morning a little bit when someone comes behind him and tries to hit him with a pipe. And they're swinging hard, too, because this pipe sparks against the railing. So then Mulder shouts for him to put it down and we hear a gun cock and Mulder's got his gun on him. And so the man drops it and Trondheim starts to like, oh, he starts to walk towards Mulder, but then he spins around and he grabs the guy and he says, I could kill you for what you've done. And Mulder tells him to back off. It's like, look, this other man hasn't aged. So they may be able to figure out what happened. So Trondheim says the man is a pirate whaler named Olafsson and he's a wanted criminal. And then in Norwegian, Trondheim asks Olafsson how he got there. And he kind of says something and you can tell it was like, you know, piss off or something. And Trondheim starts to throw a punch at him, but then Mulder grabs him and says they'll question him later. He doesn't want to leave Scully alone in case there are others on board. Right.
So they drag Olufsen into this room they're all hanging out in. I don't know if it's the bridge. It's the room that, like, kind of the main room that they've kind of organized in. And they tell Scully they found who killed Halverson. And Trondheim notes that Olufsen would have killed him, too, if it wasn't for Mulder. And Scully says the logs on the ship mentioned four Norwegian sailors who were picked up after their vessel sank. And Trondheim thinks the other Norwegian sailors must have stolen his boat and left Olufsen stranded. And he's like, it's just like them to stab each other in the back. And Mulder wants to ask Barclay more questions, but then Scully says that Barclay is dead. She doesn't really know how, it was just in the last 15 minutes. And we can see Barclay's bodies lying on the table behind her. So Mulder goes up to look at him and Scully says, it's just like the men below. There's this like white salty substance growing on him. And she's like, it's more than rapid aging. It's almost as if he's turning into a pillar of salt. And Mulder asks if that's what the substance is. And Scully says, well, it does appear crystalline, but beyond that, she really just doesn't know. And Mulder's just like, okay, look, we're all tired. We should stow Barclay's body, tie up Olufsen, and get some rest. And Mulder will take the first watch just in case there are more people on the ship, and also just to keep an eye on Olufsen. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, you know, you gotta sleep sometime or you go a little wacky. Olufsen is played by Vladimir Kulich, who will go on to play Eric in Vikings, who is apparently, I've never seen Vikings, but I assume that's a pretty big role. He also played the Beast on an eight-episode arc on Angel, and he had roles on MacGyver and the Commish. Who is the Beast in Angel? I don't remember, but it's some villain guy who's on there for like eight episodes. Okay. I haven't seen Angel in a while, so okay, it's vaguely familiar. He would make a good... Um... I mean, maybe I'm just stereotyping because I'm assuming, especially with his name too, he's probably like Norwegian or something like in that area. But he would make a good like alternative Thor, I think. Yeah. Or at least back in the '90s, he would have. So. Yeah. Like more of like a like a like more like true Norse mythology, Nor kind of thing, as opposed to like Marvel. Thor, yeah, Thor more like in like Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul or something. Yeah. Yeah. So to say though, they saw a glowing light. And Scully says to turn into pillars of salt. Maybe they saw the destruction of Sodom. Who knows? And they're all turned into pillars of salt. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Although apparently that was a mistranslation and she didn't actually turn into a pillar of salt. She turned to look at a pillar of salt. I don't know whether that's. I don't know. You don't read your Bible stories? No. I mean, I know that story, but I know. I don't. So Mulder wakes up and he checks his watch. And if you're watching the episode, you might notice that the camera kind of avoids showing us Mulder's face. Yes. And we kind of see it a little bit in the in the darkness. And you can kind of tell he's got a little bit of makeup on. But they kind of avoid it. Like we like see him walking and we see him like from the hips down. And then he goes over to Scully and she's in her sleeping bag. And we only see the top of her head. And they talk and we don't see any faces. And she's like, oh, I just fell asleep. And he's like, well, do you want some more minutes? And she's like, no, I'm fine. And she looks up at him. And we can see that she's old lady Scully. Oh. And then she looks at Mulder and he's old man Mulder. And they're <sighs> like, ah, we're old. And this commercial. Yep. I'm not grandpa. <laughs> so then Scully and Mulder are having a conversation about what they think is causing this aging. And Scully doesn't think it's a time warp since they ex- haven't experienced any phenomena reported in the ship's log. And Mulder says, like, we are the evidence. Look at us. And Scully's like, if it's rapid aging, why hasn't our hair grayed and started to fall out? Like, why haven't other things that happen with age happened? It's just our, like, appearance. And the whole time we hear them talking, 
we see Trondheim is studying his own aging face in the mirror. And he comes in and he points to Olafsson, who hasn't aged at all. And he's like, what about him? And he asks Olafsson in Norwegian, and Olafsson just kind of smiles. And so Mulder tells Trondheim not to waste his breath, but Trondheim doesn't have to listen to Mulder. And like, he signed on bringing them here, but he didn't sign on to die. So he's really upset, which, you know, to be fair, I would also be upset if someone stole my ship and I was stranded on a boat and now all of a sudden I was aging at an accelerated rate. Yeah. I'm glad they brought the hair thing up though, because yeah, like when you see all the old dudes in the boats, they still have like all their hair and it's not gray and everything. So. So Scully asks what Mulder knows about free radicals. They're highly reactive chemicals that contain extra electrons and they can attack DNA and cell proteins and cause tissue to oxidize. And he's like, grow old, you mean? And Scully tells him it's the prevailing theory on how bodies age. So she has a theory about this. What if there's something metallic, like a meteor, at the bottom of the ocean or lodged into an iceberg, and it's causing some sort of reaction as they approach it, using the ocean as a conductor, kind of like a huge battery? And so, like, there's, for some reason, in this area of the ocean, there's, like, this huge electronic, electromagnetic energy that might be exciting free radicals and oxidizing every piece of matter in its field. And then a red gooey substance strips down in front of Trondheim and it looks like blood and they look up and it's coming from a pipe. And Scully does say, Oh, well, Barclay said the ship was bleeding. So Mulder touches it. Oh, well, ship is bleeding. Well, she's just like, Oh, well, you know, he, I shouldn't say, Oh, well, Scully says that Barclay said, <laughs> Scully mentions that Barclay had said the ship was bleeding and Mulder, I would have liked it better if she had said, oh, well, like, oh, well, he said. Well, I just meant me. like, oh, guess, well, he had said. I guess we I just are in a Bible story. We're screwed. <laughs> but she says that Barclay said the ship was bleeding. And so Mulder touches it and it's not blood. It's rust. So he grabs a flashlight and he tells Trondheim to keep an eye on Olafson. And Scully asks where they're going. And Mulder's like, I'm not sure, but we don't have much time to get there. Again, the why are we going? Like Mulder was going to take off, and so she's got to follow Mulder. But well, I mean, I'd stick with Mulder too, honestly. I wouldn't want to be left with the other two dudes. She's got a gun. It's true. Still wouldn't yeah. want to be left with the other two dudes. And I feel like I mean, Trond- one of them's tied up. Yeah. So I think Trondheim's old age makeup is like the least worst. Yeah, because they just give him like exaggerated eye wrinkles yeah he doesn't really get the full-on whatever like scully's got like one of her eyes is almost like halfway closed because her lid is like drooped down and like she's got big old giant wrinkles on her forehead molder has got big old jowly cheeks and like liver spots all over his forehead Mulder and scully both have like you can see like actual facial prosthetics whereas like with trondheim they didn't really do the prosthetics. They just did kind of a makeup and it ends up looking a lot better because yeah, it looks more there's realistic. Prob- there's probably a little bit of latex in there that, you know, they, they top the skin and then put the latex on there. And then when it, it, it compresses the skin, that's what makes the wrinkles. Maybe. But it's not a full prosthetic like Mulder and Scully have. Like they have like actual like either latex or rubber or some kind of appliances on them. For Yes, sure. for sure. Yeah. We weren't supposed to talk about this. Well, I mean, I just, I didn't say I was never going to bring it up. I'm just not going to harp on it. I just wanted to point out that Tron Times is like the least worst of all of yeah. them. Yeah. Or I guess you could say it's the best, but I really don't want to use that word for this. I mean, it up. is. I mean, <laughs> if they were all like that, it would be fine. It'd be a lot better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then Mulder heads through the hall, and of course, Scully's following him, because she does. And he shines his light on the center of a pipe and says, that's the one that's not corroding. So we see there's like this, I think it's yellow, in between all the pipes on the ceiling, there's one that's kind of yellow. And maybe it's just yellow because it's not all corroded and covered in gook. But like, there's one that's like clean, and then so they're following it. And then back on the bridge, Olofsson tells Trondheim to come here, that there's something he wants to tell him. And Trondheim says, there's nothing you can tell me that I want to hear. And then Olsen asks him where he thinks Mulder and Scully went and why they left him behind. And Trondheim knows what he's trying to do. He's trying to sow doubt. So he's not going to listen to him. So then Olsen says, if you won't trust me, then trust your own eyes. You saw what happened to the captain. And it only takes a few hours. But Trondheim doesn't have to die. And Trondheim's like, we all die. And Olsen says, we don't have to die now. And so Trondheim asks him why he should listen to a murderer. And Olsen says, he only killed Halverson to survive. And Trondheim says, fine, tell me your secret. But Olsen wants him to let him go first. And Olsen points out that he hasn't aged at all. So I've got to know something. So if you want to know it, you can untie me. So, And they are speaking in Norwegian this whole time. And there's yeah. subtitles. So, Although I noticed that Olsen does seem to say, first let me go in like accented English. But it's still subtitled. So then I went and checked. And it turns out the Norwegian for first let me go is actually first let me go. That sounds like I'm Irish or something. I don't know where my accent is, but anyway. So it could be that he actually is speaking Norwegian. It sounds really close. Although he does seem to say le instead of la, but it sounds pretty similar. But then again, yeah. I'm just using Google Translate, so I don't know. But I just, I find that interesting. I was like, wow, he's just, he says English and they subtitle it. So then I went and looked and I was like, well, maybe the Norwegian sounds like it. And it actually does sound it. It does sound like it. it. That's funny. Yeah. So meanwhile, Mulder and Scully continue following the yellow pipe and it leads to a sewage processing hold. And Mulder opens the grate and they both climb down the ladder. And he uses the lever to open a door at the bottom. And inside we see that the space is full of rats. But there are Mm. also blankets and like remnants of food. And Mulder thinks this is where Olofsson and his men were holed up. Also, the rats aren't old. No, they aren't. And he notices a water faucet. And Mulder realizes that the pipe, like the water in this area from this tank is clean. The rest has been contaminated. So something got into the tanks and the water in the sewage system is actually just like recycled again and again, instead of coming from outside in the sea. So any water that has been brought in from the sea is contaminated with whatever's causing this problem. Yeah. So they have the desalination tanks and they have the sewage tanks. Right. And both of them recycle the water because you're on a ship. So, so if they drink from this tank, that's not causing this aging thing, it might at least slow the process. But then he also notes there's not a lot of water left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And then in the bathroom, we see Olafson's body against the wall and his like head is surrounded by blood. So he's mm, probably dead. And we see Trondheim drinking out of a toilet. So clearly he's been told the same thing, that like the, the sewer water is the cure or something. Yeah, the toilet is nasty. It is. it is. Nasty, nasty. I mean, the inside of the bowl is clean. So that's, but still like everything is just covered in just Gunk. yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so back on the bridge, Mulder holds up the ropes that were holding Olofsson, and we can see that they've been cut. And Trondheim claims that he just dozed off, and Olofsson must have escaped. And Mulder demands to know what happened. Trondheim says it was Mulder who tied him up, so maybe the knots, you know, kind of like saying, hey, you didn't tie a good job. And Mulder's like, the knots were fine. This rope has been severed. Mm -hmm. And so they grab each other and scuffle, and then Mulder pulls his gun. Boom, let go of me. Puts it under his chin. And then Scully tells him to stop. There's no time. She needs blood and urine samples from both of them. And then they tell Trondheim about the water. 
And he says, oh, that's good news. And then he's like, so what do we do now? So, yeah. And their hair may not be turning gray, but whatever is causing this is also making Scully's hair turn into like young Hermione, like witchy, unkept hair because their hair yeah. is like all like sticking out and stuff like that. It does get so. very, very yeah, wild. Very, yeah. So then it's daytime and we get an exterior shot of the ship and Scully's voiceover tells us it's been 18 hours and 45 minutes, very exact, since the onset of their symptoms. And rudimentary blood tests revealed impossibly high concentrations of sodium chloride. And the water itself is not saline, but drinking it causes the body to catalyze existing fluids, causing massive and rapid cell damage. The untainted water has slowed the degenerative process in Scully and Trondheim, but Mulder has not fared as well. Maybe it's because he was dehydrated from all the seasickness he had on the way up there. Mm -hmm. So then Mulder brings Scully in a urine sample and she takes it to her makeshift lab. So she's got, she found, either she brought stuff with her or they had lab stuff on the boat. I'm not sure. But she's got test tubes and pipettes and all kinds of stuff. And chemicals. And Trondheim comes up behind her. And she's like, just don't stand there behind me. Like, either talk or go away. So he says the water is not helping Mulder. So she's like, well, then maybe we should double his ration. But then Trondheim says a lake full of water wouldn't bring him back. But he's like, you and me, Scully, we should watch out for ourselves. Yeah, I'm just like trying to convince Scully that she should let Mulder die is not going to work. You can't convince Mulder and Scully to turn on each other, which maybe Trondheim doesn't know. I mean, he's been with them on the ship for like almost a day. Like I would think by now he's figured that out, but clearly he hasn't. So it's not going to work, buddy. Nice try. Yeah. Mulder's urine sample is remarkably clear for someone who is like super dehydrated, though. Yeah. It just looks like lemonade. It's not, and, and it's not even that yellow, honestly. It's really clear looking. I'm like, dude, that should look like tea or coffee. But yeah. Anyway. So then Scully's voiceover continues, and she tells us that Mulder's urinalysis shows that his kidneys are not flushing what she calls the heavy salt. She says it's not clear if the untainted water is helping him, but that she can't give up trying. Yeah, again, not going to leave him to the dogs. Never going to give you up. <laughs> going to let him down. So then it's later and Scully wakes up next to Mulder's side and she notices that Trondheim is not in his sleeping bag. And then she hears something in the pipes, like there's a gurgling or something. So she grabs a flashlight and she runs into the bathroom and she sees the water drain out of the toilet. So she follows the yellow pipe to the sewage area and she finds Trondheim in there with a wrench. And she's like, what are you doing? And he bangs on the tank with his wrench and he's like, there's only a few gallons of untainted water left. And she's like, yeah, and that's enough to keep us all alive for a few more days. And Trondheim says, or one of us alive long enough to be rescued. And Scully pulls her gun and like, is like, okay, you need to get away from the tank. But like, he keeps approaching her with the wrench and she kind of backs away. And she's like, look, the Navy know where we are and they'll be here soon. And Trondheim says that he won't let Mulder have another drop. And Scully gets over like the threshold of the door with her gun because he's like, encroaching on her she doesn't want to shoot him and he slams the door in her face and locks himself in the tank and then he like wedges the wrench in to keep it shut i mean she should have shot him yeah she should have yeah should have shot him and also it doesn't seem like a great plan because if they do find the ship and come to look at it like and you wedge yourself in there I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great strategy. But Well, he's also assuming that if someone comes for them, they're not going to be like, just leave him there because they'd be do-gooders and say like, oh, there's someone else in the bottom. So Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, who knows? 
So I, I do know, however, that Scully remarkably de-ages between waking up and going to the bathroom. Like her makeup is much less oldie. Right. Well, the water is like helping. Well, she says it's slowing it down. She doesn't say it was reversing it. That's true. And then, I mean, she's going to be old again later and then she's going to be young again later. Like it's just, it's inconsistent. It is. Yeah. They're shooting over multiple days and I think they just didn't apply it. The and same apparently... Just Jillian Anderson really hated the makeup application too. From well, but like they said, they took like three to four hours for them both every day. Yeah, but I mean, so. apparently she particularly really just didn't like it and having to wear it all day and stuff, and was really not into it. Oh, apparently, she got a little cranky Madonna. about it. <laughs> well, I don't think so. it's prima donna. I mean, that I don't know if you've ever had to wear that kind of makeup. It does get very hot and it's very uncomfortable, and having to do it for days and days at a time, I can imagine. I would get I don't know. cranky. I'd but... probably be happy doing it for like five figures. But, yeah, that's you know, the thing. Yeah, You're so, getting paid enough so. to do it. I mean, you suck it up and do it. And yeah. she did it. She didn't like refuse or anything, but apparently she just did not enjoy it and was more vocal about it than everyone else. Well, and then possibly they put less on her a couple of days because she was complaining. Who knows? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know why it's inconsistent, but it's definitely inconsistent. It is, yeah. Because later she's going to look old again. And then after that, she's going to look young again. And then she's going to look old again. Yeah. So anyway. And then she also is apparently remarkably spry because she like, like they've been all like tottery old people like in her hand their hands have been shaken but like when she realizes Trondheim's gone she like jumps up and grabs her <laughs> flashlight and she runs through the hallway and then in the next scene she's gonna be like just knocking stuff all over the place and just active 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 and so I guess adrenaline or something man yeah it might be adrenaline I don't know she's spry old Scully so speaking of which, Scully <laughs> runs to the crew quarter and she starts like rummaging through all their lockers and she's in the kitchen. She's knocking pots around and just looking for stuff. And she finds a snow globe from California. And then in the kitchen, she finds a can of sardines. And so she drains the sardine juice into a glass. So I guess, I don't know if it's sardines or some other kind of like canned fish, but I'm, I'm guessing it must be like canned in water instead of oil. So that's good because it would be gross if she was just draining oil into the glass. And she also finds some lemons. And then she goes back to where Mulder is and she tells him that Trondheim has locked himself in the sewage hold. And then she puts a jar on the table and says that's all the water she could find. Some sardine juice, some lemons, and the water from a snow globe. And Mulder's like, hmm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's not Evian, but she wants him to have it. And he's like, no, you should have it. You have a better chance of surviving. Like, you're a woman. You naturally live longer, like women hold water better and like the fatty tissue, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you should drink it. And they kind of argue a little bit, not really argue, but just kind of like, yo, you drink it. No, you drink it. No, you drink it. And then she's like, well, that much liquid might not make a difference anyway. And so she just refuses to drink it. Well, like, why are you going to have more to drink it? But anyway, so and I could just think like snow globe water. That's not going to be good. That, no. A lot of them, sometimes they have like chemicals and shit in it too. Yeah. I but, mean, I guess if you're desperate, but mm, yeah. Ugh, yeah. That's going to be super delicious. I mean, the sardine water and lemons, that would be just like, like some fish, I guess. Yeah. You know? it'd be fine. That, that wouldn't be too bad. But the snow globe water. Oh, I would. Oh man. No, no, no. I would have been able to save that for the very, very last. Night. Yeah. That would be like last resort. Yeah. But anyway. So then something shakes the ship and Scully asked what that was. And Mulder thinks the outer hull must have corroded through, which means the ship is taking on water. And because the ship shook, the jar of the water Scully rescued basically falls off and breaks. So now it's broken. So now they don't even have that. So Yeah. And then again, the makeup change, because in the scene with them sitting there drinking the water, she's old lady Scully again. And then when the when the ship shakes, they both fall off their chairs, or at least Scully does. And then when she gets back up, she's like young Scully. 
again mm-hmm. with just a little bit of like eye wrinkle makeup so yeah and then in the sewage hold we see the pipes burst and the hull breaches and this floods the room where tron time is in and he tries to open the door he jams shut but he can't get it open and he screams for help but Mulder and scully can't hear him all the way where they are like at the top of the ship and Trondheim drowns so i mean yeah. he wanted all the water for himself and now he got all the water dick yeah they treat that scene really weird because like so he's trying to get out and he can't and we see the water filling up and then they cut to the outside of the room and we hear him like help help and like beating on the door and then we like pan like up the stairs from the door and the music gets all like serene and sorrowful like and then we cut to him just like floating in the water and it's like are we supposed to feel sorry for him it was weird it was kind of like yeah i mean i guess if i guess you should be a good person and be sad that someone died but like he was being a dick and that's what you get like i'm sorry he put brought it on himself it just seemed weird that they they framed it that way yeah i mean maybe it's just like they wanted to have a cool scene which i mean it, it, it worked well it just seemed weird for that character to have that type of scene so Although the fact they couldn't get the door open actually probably saved their lives because it prevented the ship from like completely flooding and sinking because it contained the breach. Right. So, at least until like, another breach happens. Yeah. 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 So 14 hours later, and Mulder has like got a blanket and he's just all like super tottery. And he's like, when I got older, I always thought I'd take a cruise somewhere. But this is not what I had in mind. The service on this ship is terrible. <laughs> and when I'm watching it, I'm like, it seemed like he's dissing Scully. Because she's the one taking care of him, but I well, guess that's I didn't not think so. Be. I thought he was just making yeah. a joke about how. It, like, well, I don't think he meant it either, but it sounded like it could have been taken that way. Oh but it was, yeah, it just no, weird. I didn't get so, that at all. Yeah. I seriously thought it was, and I think Scully understood too. It's just yeah, a joke. it's just it's just Mulder making his little jokes, but it yeah. just seemed funny because she was like, she's been taking care of him, and he's like, the service on this ship is terrible. Yeah, well, I think he means there's not a buffet and there's no drinkable yeah. water and there's no pool hour, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no dancing, swing signals, and yeah, yeah. So and then he tells her that it's not fair, that it's not their time, because they still have work to do. But Scully tells him that when they found her, after the doctors and her family had given up, she experienced something that she's never told him about. And that whatever it was, as much as she's certain of this life, she also learned there's nothing to fear when this life is over. And then we see Scully writing in her journal and she's writing that Agent Mulder lost consciousness at 4.30 in the morning on the 12th of March. And there's nothing more she can do for him or for herself. The supplies are exhausted. They haven't had food or water for over 24 hours. And now the outer hull is basically breached and the inner hull is the only thing supporting the ship. But she did find a children's book among Olofsson's possessions that details the end of the world. And that it doesn't happen in a flash of fire, like in the Christian stories. It happens in a slow progression of snow and darkness. And then eventually a wolf will eat the sun. And she thinks she hears the wolf at the door. And then we see her pin hit the floor. And she closes her eyes. And we fade to black. And that's why you always leave a note telling Skinner where you're going. Well, he did. <laughs> I know he, he did. did. He did. But, you know, still, always leave a note. Okay, sorry, that's an Arrested Development reference. Yep. Anyway. Gotta leave a note for Papa Skinner.
So a rescue crew boards the ship and one of the men finds Mulder and Scully. And then we cut to the hospital and Scully's in a hospital bed and we see Dr. Lasko is standing over her and she's asking Scully if she can hear her. And the doctor tells her it's been 36 hours since her rescue. She has her on dialysis with a high flux filter and Scully's actually responding really well. She's almost back to normal. And her face at this point only looks a little wrinkly. And then she asks about Mulder and we see he's in the bed next to her and he's also looking better. But the doctor says his system was more compromised than her. They actually didn't think he was going to make it, but then they discovered Scully's notes. And based on her observations, they started giving Mulder a course of synthetic hormones, which actually seems to be working. So Scully says whatever cause this is still out there, she has to talk to a naval liaison so she can like warn them, they can salvage the ship, figure out what's going on. And Dr. Lasko tells her the ship actually sank an hour after their rescue. So now it's kind of on the bottom of the ocean. And the camera pans over the open ocean in the fog. And we don't see anything. It's just an open ocean. With maybe dangers lurking below. Maybe. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call riding yourself into a corner. Sort of like in Darkness Falls. Or exactly like Darkness Falls. So... How do you mean? Because they made the thing that's happening to them so dire that the only way for it to happen is for them to magically be discovered. And then we can reverse all the stuff that killed everybody else. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it is kind of funny that like. And even the same way by like replenishing their fluids. because That was the thing with the bugs. They dehydrated you and you died. So. What's funny is like. One thing I noticed when I was watching is like. So all the the crew that was rescued by the fishing trawler, once they're on the fishing trawler, they should be drinking regular water, right? And they should be like mm-hmm. flushing the stuff out of their system. And then once they get to the hospital, again, maybe some of them get dialysis, they get fluids that should help bring them back. So it is mm-hmm. funny that like all of them died and Harper still looked really old and, you know, and he, I, you know, looked really bad. Because by then, they should have had some reversal, too. So you're right. There is kind of a, a disconnect on, quote, unquote, how it works. Because, you know, it we're able to reverse it for Mulder and Scully. But for some reason, the same things don't reverse it for the yeah. other dudes. And, then all, and it's not like Scully's book told them how to revive both of them. Because the doctor says that Scully's book gave him a clue how to save Mulder. Because right. Mulder wasn't responding to just the regular stuff because he was so far gone. Right. So, so maybe I mean, Harper maybe we could assume they were so far gone too. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah. It is. And also because the well, I guess they do mention they do mention in the episode. So this kind of explains it. Because Scully does at one point mention that Barkley's drinking may have been why he lasted as long as he did, because he wasn't drinking the water, he was drinking whiskey. Yes. So yeah. So I was like, why did he last so much longer than everybody else? He would have been drinking the same stuff. Yeah, but, but he was drinking the alcohol He was instead. drinking a secret stash of Captain Whiskey. So. so this episode was brought to us by the fact that the show had access to the decommissioned Canadian Navy destroyer, the HMCS Mackenzie, as you mentioned. Um, they had actually used it in Colony and Endgame, and they still had it for a few weeks. And so Gordon was asked to write an episode kind of revolving around the ship. And again, it was planned to be a bottle episode. It was meant to be an easy week because we're just going to be on this one location. We're just going to do this one, you know, kind of story. 
But then the actors had to come in three to four hours early for the old age makeup. And the tight ship actually meant that getting shots became very difficult because they're just the angles they needed to get and, you know, trying to move around in this small interior. So it ended up being a really hard shoot, actually. <laughs> and apparently it was expensive, too. An easy week that they had hoped for. Like most of their, most of their bottle episodes are supposed to save money and end up costing more. than Yes, it's so. very true. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it is the same ship they use for calling Endgame. They actually used it for the 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 ship we see at the beginning of colony that sees the ufo and then they use it obviously for the interiors of the submarine Mm -hmm. but for this episode they painted it black inside which is why it's all dark looking and then obviously put like the corrosion stuff on it so yeah because it was sold so i guess they used it before it was sold probably like it was in the process of being sold Mm -hmm. because it had been decommissioned i think like in 93 92 or 93 and then they got access to it and then it was sold to the Artificial Reef Society of British Columbia in March of 1995, which is actually when this episode airs. So they obviously had access to it before that. So it must have been like in the meantime of it being sold. And then it was actually sunk or scuttled, as they say in the seafaring world, off the southeastern tip of Vancouver, just off of Sydney on September 16, 1995, 1995. And now it's an artificial reef there off the, the coast of Vancouver Island. Nice. So. And I mean, we've talked about how the old age makeup is bad and the crew admits that it didn't look convincing. Botanids did say once that like, well, since the twist is they're not really aging, their cells are being destroyed. It's not technically meant to be old age makeup, um, <laughs> which is cute. But I mean, still, it's, it's bad makeup. Sorry, dude. Yeah, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just which I. So I was thinking about this of ways you could have done this because I'm, I mean, at some point I'm thinking maybe they didn't, I don't know. Like usually you do makeup tests for that kind of, especially if you're going to base a whole episode around it, you would do tests. Right. And you'd be like, wow, this doesn't look good, but let's just keep doing it for like three to four hours every day on multiple people. It seemed almost like they would have, especially since this, if it's not supposed to be old age makeup, like why didn't they just make them look like super gaunt and then light them so they looked, you know, because I mean, they're, they're, with like makeup, like, like you said, the difference between stage makeup and TV makeup and film makeup is different, right? Because you're closer up. Mm-hmm. But you can still use some of those techniques for like contouring and stuff to make them look gaunt and all that kind of stuff and then light them in certain ways so they would look older. And then maybe use like less appliances that didn't look so freaky because then you get like you know with 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 some kind of lighting you could put like some wrinkles on there but then light them and like you know you know fade them with the makeup where they would look super deep and that kind of thing and i think that would have been more effective and then i also don't know why they went through because they had to put that makeup on all those dudes in that lifeboat why didn't like we only saw the one dude why didn't you just get old people and like put them in wigs so that their hair wasn't old we don't yeah. know who any of these people are. Like you would have to like you'd have to do makeup on on Barkley because we see him more, right? You probably could have skipped Harper and just had to be an old person who kind of looked like him a little bit. Like get his dad or his grandpa or something. I don't know. He's probably a local dude. And then you'd have to do Mulder and Scully. You have to do a little bit of makeup on Trondheim. But like you didn't have to do it on everybody. You could have just got old people. We don't know who any of those dudes are. We they could have just been old people in some wigs. And we were like, oh my God, look at these old people. But well, either way, I mean, even then, like, they could have just done the makeup better, and there are ways to do it better, and I'm not sure 
why they decided on that look. Maybe it looked really good in person the first day and just didn't look that good on film. And we just don't know why they made those decisions, but that's what they did. And they didn't yeah. work. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah, no, it did not. And pretty much from what I saw online, too, like pretty much everyone just acknowledges, nope, makeup looks bad. <laughs> yeah, but then I'm like, oh, man, like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put that out. Like I would just stop and be like, We're, we got to do something else. I mean, I realize you're on a schedule, but like. Yeah, they are. You got to do something else. I mean, one, maybe don't schedule yourself so tight for TV. I, I would mean, think TV maybe. is a tight schedule. It's weekly. It's really hard. I know, but you could schedule ahead. And then you could be like, that episode sucks. We're going to slot this episode in. And then put. it's not like they're they're got a continuing score, story on for a lot of these episodes. They could have slotted something else in and then gone back and yeah. done something else or worked on the makeup a little better or something. Yeah. Again, we're, we seem to be having that seat of the pants action in some of these other episodes. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's how a lot of TV works, unfortunately, is they don't have a lot of time. They get it done and... Well, I know, but you do have time. You knew you you knew you were renewed for a second season. Right. But they when I think their filming schedules don't work that way, though, it's like you really only have like a week or two to get things together for every episode. Well, I know, but then move all those, but the move them one. forward, like move all your move all your scheduling forward. Don't be filming the next week's episode that week because what if something goes wrong? I mean, that's how TV is, though. <laughs> Pretty much every TV show you film one week and then it, you know, it's for the next week or whatever. Or at least it used that's to just, be before that's Netflix. That's bad. What if someone dies? What are you going to do? I mean, that's happened on TV and it's caused problems. But like, you have to just write around it and it's it's hard. It just seems weird that you would do that. Like, why would you? You know, you've got, because I mean, you could feel, because you always hear about shows that got canceled and they have like three or four episodes that are filmed that people never air. So like, they're all not flying seat of the pants. Well, they're all pretty seat of the pants, though, because the way the schedule works is you're like, it depends on the show. But for the most part, like if you record, you write one week, you film it the next week and then it does editing. And that's why a lot of TV directors are also different for each episode, because like the director has to be editing the week that you're filming the next episode. But like there's not a huge buffer between like when at least it used to be now with like netflix and stuff stuff's like filmed all at once and edited in one chunk and released and it, it's different but it used to be very like this week we're doing this episode and this is the one that's airing next week and you know that's just how it was done that's dumb yeah that's how it was how it worked as most shows have been like that for the history of the 80s 90s probably early 2000s might still be like that for some shows i don't know it's a rough schedule. It's brutal. And that's why this that's why a lot of people in TV, they all have unions and they all have rules about overtime and stuff. Because yeah, you end up working a lot of really long hours and getting stuff done. Mm. It's rough. Seems like that would affect the quality of the product. Well, I mean, mm. it happens on every show, so yep. Well, I know. I'm not just saying, I'm not just saying like X Files is the only one that ever put out a bad episode. I'm just saying, like, it just seems like that's not a good system like why do you keep doing that if it's so difficult it seems like someone would have said you know what would actually be a good idea would be what if we filmed a bunch of stuff at the same time and everyone's here and we did it ahead of time and then we just shifted the off time for everyone that seems like that would make more sense yeah but i mean that's no how one... some shows are done for like netflix and stuff i'm sure too but no one but did for a long time it just that wasn't how it worked i don't know why hmm. Hmm. Ingrained institutions, I guess. Yep. Hmm. 
Well. Well, there you go. Nick disrupts 90s television production schedules. I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> just, from a, just from a planning perspective, it just seems like not a good plan. It just seems uh, like yeah, I mean, someone, would, someone would be doing that and be like, you know what? This is not a good way to do this. Maybe we should do something different and I just do it. I don't know. I mean, I have and just, more knowledge of how sitcoms work, but, like, I know dramas are pretty much the same way. Like, they pretty much have, you know that's they're, they're just on that schedule and i think it's because of budget reasons and it's because of there's just contract reasons and there's just a lot of reasons why they're just always on a tight schedule and that's just how it always well, works that's what i'm saying though it's like you could still be on a tight schedule and be like okay you know we have you know however many episodes you want to say like yeah. i always i always heard it was like 22 episodes and then for a while it was always like 26 episodes like you know because you want to get so many per week and then you needed to hit like a certain threshold for you need to get like a yeah number for yeah. syndication and so like you always wanted to have sweet residuals. like when i was i always thought it was 26 and then it seemed like it always and then it shifted to 22 for some reason it may have just been because they, people realized like dude we can't do 26 a year it's just killing us so they cut it down to 22 but it just seems like okay well then okay so then you still only have like 22 weeks to film the series right because you've got 22 episodes you get 22 weeks to film and then you have you know the post-production time right so you, it this the this the season itself for like production is a little bit longer than the 22 weeks because you know you film for a week and then there's maybe like a week of editing and post-production and then so maybe like you know you extend it by an extra week or something like that it's so like half a year basically but it seems like then just shift that half a year like by a month ahead or something so you have some leeway so if something goes wrong you have stuff in the pipeline to like stick it in yeah. well, i realize I mean, not all shows not all shows some shows do have a continuing storyline so that would if they had trouble with a certain episode right. they would be stuck because no matter what they can't just slot in an episode but x-files could definitely slot in an episode yeah but i mean because you never know what the date is on x-files episode anyway and but if, you, if you do they don't care you're so. also assuming that the old age makeup would be enough for them to pull this episode which one clearly wasn't and two i don't think it would have been even if they had the opportunity i think they no, would have just said well, but like, i don't but what i'm saying is i don't know why you would have when you did the test and realized it was bad you would have decided to keep going with it yeah. And then so then maybe you would have had to slot in a different episode and be like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to do this? Can we not do this? Because like that may be, you know, there are probably scripts that are fantastic and be like, yeah, but we can't do this on our budget. It's going to look like shit. So we're not going to do it. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm saying that maybe it looked good at the time. Maybe it didn't look that bad until they got it back on film and were like, oh, or maybe it looked awful and they just thought, oh, well, it kind of looks, that's the point. It's supposed to look awful. They look awful. And then later we're like, mm, maybe we should have dialed that back a little bit. Like, I don't know. I, know. I, I wasn't there. I don't know what the thought process was. I don't think, I mean, I think if you ignore the makeup, the episode's fine. And so I just kind of told myself at the beginning, like accept that the makeup's not going to be good and let it go and that's kind of what i did because like yep it's pretty bad but yeah, i know but we're, we're talking about it. we're talking about the whole after effect and we started talking about like the makeup's bad it's like well why was the makeup so bad and if it was so bad why did they keep doing it right right so yeah i don't have so answers. i'm just trying to be like why i'm i'm like dev whatever devil's advocating it something i'm just like if you if you knew it was bad if everyone agreed it was bad then why did you keep doing it yeah, well, I mean, they admitted I it was bad after the fact. So who knows? Maybe at the time they thought it looked okay. And then, I don't know. I don't know who was I in charge. I see, of like, decisions. were they all drunk? Possibly. Maybe they were drinking that Jack Dandy whiskey. <laughs> it just didn't. It doesn't make them look great. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any idea. 
Yeah. And then they wake up the next morning like, whoa, what do we do? We oh, film yeah. an episode with bad makeup. Oh, my God. That wasn't good. You roll over and there's like bad makeup on the bed next to you. And you're like, oh, no. So yeah, what I have I done? Know. I don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah. maybe we can send Chris Carter a letter and be like, dude, explain. I guess he'll just make up some story. And Frank Spots then will like, say, "Well, they're like, not aging." I actually think it. W- I actually think it was one of our strongest episodes. There were some problems, but I think we handled it well, and it came out great in the end. Well, right. That's my know. standard stock Chris Carter quote. You can just put on any episode. Boom, yeah. right there. So it is what it is. Everyone kind of agree. I mean, the fans too. Like I've heard from fans that they think the old age makeup is pretty hideous. So, it's... well, honestly, if they didn't think the makeup was bad. They are just blinded by whatever else they're in love with about the show because I don't, I don't think you could, anyone could watch and say like that's pretty good makeup. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, I don't think anyone say, has. Like, you so. can say like it's a good episode aside from the makeup, but I don't think anyone would look at that and be like that's good makeup. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone has. So I don't think that's yeah. a so. that's a statement that anyone yeah. has made that I have seen. No. And then, as usual, the science is dubious, the whole, like, free radical stuff. It's like, well, if that was the case, like, then they would be shedding skin because, like, if their, if their cells were being damaged and dying, they would not look old. They would look like they had, like, frostbite and be decaying. Like, they would have to be, like, reproducing cells at an abnormal rate because the whole free radical thing is that when the cell reproduces, there's damage to it. And so it can't reproduce properly. And that's why you age is pretty much an understanding for that. It's not just like, oh, your cells get messed up and you, and you get old. It's because when they reproduce, there's imperfections in each new reproduction. And so that's why your skin ages and all that kind of stuff. But whatever. Yeah. I actually plan on arguing about the science a lot more than the makeup. And then I got locked onto the makeup thing and the whole schedule thing. I guess actually I argued about this whole schedule thing more than the makeup, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It just, I don't know. I Sometimes like systems work certain ways and then everyone says how the system is bad. <laughs> wow. It sounds like I'm not talking about TV shows at all. Does it? Um, and then everyone is like, well, why didn't you change it? And people are like, mm-hmm, just how it was. We just, you'd, it's like, well, you could have changed it. And they're like, mm-hmm, yeah. like, no, you could have changed it. You could have stopped doing what you're doing and changed it. But no one ever does. Well, eventually they did, because I know a lot of TV now is done um, because it's done for streaming networks and stuff. It's not done on the, the same kind of schedule. And so it's done more in an a very all at once kind of way and then they edit it all at once and you know they you know put it out yeah well it's good they've kind of transferred and also must be fair a lot of the streaming seasons are like 10 episodes 13 yeah. episodes they're like they're like half of a tv episode or like marvel's like, got these mini series of like six six to nine and yeah six to eight yeah killing like it man killing it yeah. so well and then too when streaming the big thing with streaming when it first came out is you got the whole season at once so mm-hmm. they were treating it like a film just broken into pieces yeah basically yeah, I remember when Orange is the New Black's new season would drop and I would just like order pizza and like binge half the season in one. Yeah, Friday that's that's honestly like, yes. that's honestly yes. what's kept me from watching the Marvel stuff because I assumed they were going to drop everything and then they didn't. And I'm like, oh, so I'm going to have to pay for multiple months to watch stuff. I mean, that's no. why they're doing it that way, because they want people I know. to keep their um, I know that's why they're doing it that way. But I'm like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait. I mean, thankfully, I don't think I mean, I don't have Disney Plus. So I don't know. Like, they're they're not pulling old ones, right? No. Like, they're no. still on there. So WandaVision's so in- all out. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier's all out. Loki just started this week. So Loki yeah. is on episode one now. 
Yeah, we should say today is the 12th of June. Yeah. I'm actually going to start putting that in the show notes when, when we, we record, record so we're... Yeah, because sometimes, because unlike the X-Files, things. we record ahead. And so, <laughs> in case there's a problem, that way we don't <laughs> miss an episode. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, and by the yeah. way, Loki is really, I did not expect to care at all about Loki. Loki was the one that I was interested in the most, honestly. One, because good. Tom Hiddleston is like, hmm, mm, yeah. It's but, good. Uh, I won't yeah, say I've anything heard, about I've it, heard, but. Yeah, I've only, because what, there's only been, so far there's only been one episode, right? One, yeah. Just It just okay. aired on Wednesday. Okay. And it is, yeah. it is very solid. And I'm like, holy shit, I care so much about Loki now. I did not expect this to happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very good. Marvel TV yeah, is so just when, killing it. So They're when Loki it. finishes, I may sign up for Disney Plus. Yeah. And just especially because when that finishes, hmm, school. Yeah, I work in education. I might have some time when I can just sit there and rot my brain and watch a bunch of television. So yeah, yeah I may. I may buy a, a Disney Plus month and just... It's good, too. It's worth it. Mass so. consume. Yeah, I, so. I highly recommend it. Anyway, that was our podcast. I want to Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we should probably rate this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, putting the old makeup aside, like, I think that this episode like they is should not- have. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's not particularly strong. It's, mm, I'm trying to think of like good things in it. And like, I like their interaction in the X Files office. I think that's fun. I like the fact that Mulder just like gives her a counterfeit badge and is like, good luck and like nopes out to get her in to see this guy. I thought that was funny. I like that she does tell him she doesn't really, we don't hear her give her him the whole story of what happened to her in one breath, but like, a, I could assume maybe she did tell him and it just wasn't on the eh, screen. I don't think she did. I think she just says what she says. But Cause he's like, he's like on the verge of like passing out basically from old age while she's talking to him. Yeah. So. Maybe she doesn't have time, but I do like that. She kind of tells him that she had this experience that kind of changed her outlook on that. Um, so those are the good things. Otherwise, I mean, it's not super strong. It is very like all their bottle episodes. There are some heinous people they get stuck with and people are awful and that's never fun. If Olafson had just not been a jerk and his friends had not just stolen the boat, I mean, then I guess we wouldn't have an episode. So I think it's a four. I mean, it's okay. It's not the worst X-Files episode this season by far, but yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. So it's, it's basically like last episode for you. Cause that's what you gave last episode. Too, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's there. It's, it's not super offensive. Like the makeup isn't great, but otherwise like it's not, it's just meh. It's meh. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go the same route and put it on the same level as Fearful Symmetry and give it a three. Mm-hmm. Um, the story, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost considering giving it a two, but I'll go with three. and Because the story is not that great. The explanation for the story in both aspects is not great. It makes no sense. Like the whole like comparing it to the philadelphia experiment makes no sense because of the whole timeline thing like i said even avoiding the dates like just in episode the they got pulled from this to go to that and then that happened afterwards like well that just doesn't make sense just telling that part temporarily right maybe it's because oh it was a wrinkle in time so that's why it works out that way maybe yeah like that doesn't make sense the whole explanation of why they're old not old doesn't make sense either because that's getting old 
I mean, that's what that is. Like if you're saying like, this is how you get old. And then if it's doing that, well, then it would have the, it would have the effect on their hair because their body would have to be reproducing the cells at a higher rate, which would be like dead skin everywhere, which would be disgusting. But (laughs) probably um, much harder makeup to be honest. I don't know. They have dead (laughs) skin everywhere in all the episodes. They have snake skin and, werewolf skin and we, that looks like sna- it would just be snake skin because even their werewolf skin looks like snake skin it's true it's so, true that did look yeah, like snake skin. so just get some thin sheets of latex and lay them around I was like oh my god why is all this dead skin everywhere yeah it's definitely or like- break some parmesan and say it's dandruff i don't whatever just yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'll go with a three. Yeah, I mean, so. the idea of a ship going through like a wormhole or whatever is interesting. And like, I think the premise is good. I think it's just like you said, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner and didn't really know how to get out of it. And so they came up with something that worked sort of kind of almost if you squint sideways a little bit, it's okay. And in the end, everything's fine. Yay, no one no one question it. Let's move on. We're good As now. an audio book, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be that bad. So... Yeah. yeah, if there were no visuals, you'd probably be like, "Oh, this is a very interesting episode." Yeah. Story is a little weird because like time don't mount line up, but oh, this is a good episode. And then you open your eyes, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was that was dog calm dot calm. I can't say it anymore. I forgot how dot com dot com. It was the it's the internet episode. Yeah, I kept wanting to call it dot com. I'm like, it's not dot com, but. Means dead calm, which they should have just called it dead calm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They wanted which to use the waters that are cold, very calm. Which Norwegian when they first island. opened, I actually it was like it didn't look it didn't look like the ocean to me because it was just like, well, waters are really calm. But I mean, in some places the ocean water is really calm. So one might even say dead calm. <laughs> might they? Might they indeed? Might they. they might. <laughs> All righty. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch season two of the X-Files episode 20, Humbug. And try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still, still out there. there. The truth is what we make of it.
That's how we end episodes now. We just say all righty. That's, yep. that's all our, right. We're that's, good. That's our thing now. That's we all say we got all to say about this. There's nothing yep. left. So.